You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We got our eye on the enemy, and this is all brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist, and this is our weekly series that takes a closer look at the upcoming enemy opponent. This time it's the Buffalo Bills as they go up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And as always, we bring on a special guest to give us a unique perspective from the enemy side of things. And today we have a special guest for you. And I'm really excited about this one. Joining me today is an excellent guest. He's a Bills analyst. He's a draft expert. He's a lover. He's a fighter. He's a husband. And he's one of the best huggers in the industry. Can confirm. He is Joe Marino. Joe, I miss your brother. How you doing? Mike, you said the word enemy like four times and then you soften it up like that before you start letting me talk. That was uh that was the tailspin you put me through there, man. It's a real roller coaster, man. And look, we are going to have plenty of time to uh to catch up during the senior bowl. I can't wait to see you then. I'm going to yes. bug you about a bunch of things that I'm going to be wildly unprepared for because you do fantastic draft work over at the draftnetwork.com. But today, we need to talk about this enemy Bills team. Uh, tough question right out of the gate. How do you reconcile the Bills having a top five easiest schedule in DVOA history going back to 1986 and then also with their success as they sit at five and one? How do you work that out in your head and how do you view this team overall? Well, I think the thing about the Bills and their five on one record, I definitely understand some of the questions that come with it. They've not had an impressive resume of playing really good football teams and they've played some tight games with teams that aren't that exciting. And I think what you kind of go back to is the stuff that, you know, it's funny to say, but stuff you can't really measure. And it's the culture and environment that Sean McDermott has created in Buffalo that, you know, they're not the most talented team in the league. I think they're certainly growing in terms of talent. They might be in the top half of the league in talent, but they're not one of the best five or 10 teams in terms of talent, despite having one of the best records in the league. And what he's really created is this atmosphere where, People have good habits and they work hard, they prepare, they hold each other accountable, it's player driven, and you get really good results at times on Sundays. Now they have their moments in every game where it feels like they are sleepwalking, but Mm. when it really comes together, you kind of see this camaraderie and that message that Sean McDermott's been preaching now for over three years coming together and being the difference between winning and losing football games. And the talent is there on defense, I would say. And you're seeing a really good defensive unit with guys that have been in the system now for multiple years at every level of the team where you don't see it, where the inconsistency comes is on offense, where there's only one guy that was a week one starter in 2018. That's a starter right now. I mean, Brandon Bean outside of Josh Allen and Deion Dawkins has completely, and I mean, without hesitation, completely rebuilt the offense in the offseason. They haven't had a lot of time together. And in the time they did have together to prepare, 
you had a lot of guys that missed time, whether it was Mitch Morse or John Feliciano or Cole Beasley or John Brown or Tyler Croft, guys that were just banged out throughout the summer. So the consistency hasn't been there for them to work together with the quarterback that's still very young. And um, we see it in bits and flashes. I mean, you can kind of look at the Bills' touchdown resume and see that they have a lot of very long, uh, methodical touchdown drives. I think like a 10 or 11 touchdown drives of over 70 yards so far this year, which speaks to those peaks being really exciting. It's some of the consistency that comes with it. And I think that's what the Bills fans are hoping to see start to happen here this season. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's hope for the future. I think it's something like nine new starters on the team this year. And look, even though I've been arguing for it being a supporting cast league, it's still all about the quarterbacks. And when talking about Josh Allen, I've said things like he's got a Mustang arm but can't drive stick. You've said that he's measuring and minoring on Twitter to me the other day. And look, I've seen more improvements from Allen than I thought I'd see this year. But overall, I think he's still a big old lump of clay. What are your thoughts on who Josh Allen is right now? Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big Josh Allen fan coming out of Wyoming. And I, I think anybody that had doubts about him was had plenty of reason to be doubtful with really raw quarterback in terms of mental processing and mechanics and accuracy. All those things were a major concern. And he's not a guy that had a lot of reps in college. I mean, just very, very minimal in terms of, of – of starting experience. And so he comes in the NFL. I don't think it was his intent to play right away. And, you know, Nate Peterman played at such a poor level. They had no choice but to go to Josh Allen. And, man, he he failed forward for sure. If you think about the Josh Allen we saw when he first took the field last year to the one we see right now, it's night and day. And he's made growth in several areas that gives you some belief that he can continue to grow and develop and become – legitimate quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and it's exciting to see some of the positive growth in terms of his completion percentage and working the short to intermediate areas of the field really come together a more confident passer not quite as reckless although he still has those reckless moments but uh, I think one thing you've heard him say specifically is that the Bills are nine and one when he turns over the ball one or fewer times and that's been out of his mouth like on a weekly basis now (laughs) and I feel like that's being drilled into him and we've seen him play for the most part two clean games in a row against Tennessee and Miami. And uh, that needs to continue to be the case because he does some really exciting things, but it's those boneheaded plays that are a result of, I think of him being just overly competitive at times uh, that, that get the best of him and put the bills in bad situations. So if he could play clean and make some plays, the bills are going to have a chance because they're so good on defense. Yeah. And I agree with you. And look, if Josh Allen is good, it's good for the league because that's going to be a really fun quarterback. And overall, when you look at this offense, I have, caught a lot of flack for calling this offense inept due to how they've performed in just about every important metric that you would gauge offensive success by. What's the identity of this offense? What does it have to look like for them to really get rolling to the point where it's no longer about the defense keeping them in close games? You know, it's it's interesting because I don't feel like the Bills have any issues moving the ball. That's right. that's not like I think what's the stat right here? The Bills are like one of only two teams this year that have had at least 300 yards of offense in every game this year. I, I look at the yards and it doesn't make sense with the red zone success that they have too. I'm like, well, where are the points going? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 remarkable, Mike. It's like sometimes they just get on the plus side of the 50 and they stall out. It could be like mm. a really bad drop. could be a missed field goal. It could be a penalty that really puts them behind. could be going for it on fourth down and not getting it. But red zone offense is really good yeah. and they move the ball really well. The yards is good. They just... There's just those moments where they stall out, and it's it's frustrating at times. Some fumbles mixed in there from Josh Allen as well as other players, TJ Yeldon, things like that. But um, I remember listening to Zach Taylor. The Bills played the Bengals in week three, if I'm not mistaken, and he said something that really stood out to me. And he said, 
what makes the Bills offense challenging to defend? What is their identity? Mm. And Zach Taylor said it's their willingness to do whatever it takes to win football games. He was comparing Buffalo to the Bengals' first two opponents, which I think were San Francisco and Seattle. He says San Francisco and Seattle are married to what they do. They're always going to do what they do, and the Bills will keep trying things and giving you new looks to find something that will work. And I think that is the Bills' identity. I mean, they have a really exciting physical talent in Josh Allen that does some crazy things uh, with the football in his hands, but it's them being willing to throw the ball 17 times in a row to start a game that they've done at times this year. Mm. It's for them to be Frank Gore heavy. It's for them to uh, mix it around to different tight ends, different receivers, those types of things. It's just, it's a very unique scheme from Brian Dable that it it looks different week to week. They, I think last year they had the most uh, different formations and personnel groupings. I mean, they just, they just are always massaging the system to do whatever they feel they need to do to, to best play against their opponent. So their identity is a willingness to not be married to any one thing and do what it takes to really be productive. That really shows up in their play action stats where they kind of go week to week. Yes. Like they rank in the bottom, but like yeah. last week they come out of the bye and they're real heavy play action. And then in other weeks, they're very selective with it. So that's yep. that's a really good point. And, and looking at how this offense can be successful, I think you got to go to the trenches because I remember a time not too long ago where Bills fans were asking me about, you know, the the viability of a guy like Halapuli Vativaitai. And I'm telling them, guys, you don't want him. And they're like, brother, look look, look what's <laughs> happening in the preseason to us. But uh, since then, and and I think when I watched the film, I saw a better tackle play than than I thought I would when I when I broke them down. But just looking at this overall matchup in the trenches, how do you think it it lines up for the Bills in both the pass and the run game? Well, I mean, there's those three guys on that Eagles defensive line that they make me nervous and Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham and uh, and Derek Barnett. I mean, Cody Ford at right tackle, he's coming off his best game against Miami, but he's a guy that's really struggled with speed around the edge this year, and he's run blocked fairly well. But when guys can really anticipate the snap and get a step, he really struggles to recover. And, well, look, looking across at him this week is going to be Brandon Graham, who's mm. a dynamic pass rusher in this league. And then you think about Deion Dawkins on the left side, who's team captain, and he's played pretty well uh, for the Bills since he was drafted in 2017. But there are times this year and dating back to last year where it's those it's those pass rushers that do a good job of reducing surface area and, and really can kind of dip and flatten around the outside edge. And that's Brandon. That's a Derek Barnett to a T. And then, yeah. I mean, Fletcher Cox makes every offensive line in the NFL nervous. So, you know, I guess I guess it's those three guys that, you know, really create some matchup problems. And are, I mean, probably the best pair of defensive ends and certainly the best defensive tackle the Bills have faced this year. And so there's a lot of challenges that those guys present. And, you know, the Bills have done well to scheme up some different things to to help with those those types of problems. But, I mean, like I said, I don't think the Bills have seen three guys on the defense, defensive line yet this year. And it's been a much better unit. I think they're doing a really good job with uh, what they've done on the interior, especially bringing in yeah. Mitch Morse, John Feliciano, and Quentin Spain. Those guys are doing a great job in the run game. They move those guys quite a bit. They'll put pin and pull quite a bit off tackle, and it's resulted in some exciting runs, especially when Devin Singletary is able to go, which he should be this week. So they've really revamped the offensive line. It's playing better, but uh, don't think I'm not losing a little sleep thinking about dealing with Cox, Barnett, and Graham. Yeah, I, I remember, what was it, Kareem Hunt's big breakout game against the Patriots. Mitch Morse was on the on the Chiefs at the time, and he was just amazing in that game. And you know, I know he's been banged up and whatnot, but if he's back at full health rocking for you guys, and that's, that's a big win on the interior for you and it is definitely shown in the run game i think football outsiders has the bills as like number one in adjusted line yard so the run game is going to be a strength i think the big question the last question i have for you on offense 
is the is the deep ball. What's going on with the deep ball? Because I know John John Brown's stats should be much more than what they are, and he's been impressive. But it seems like there's a disconnect between him and Josh Allen when it comes to connecting on those deep shots in which the Eagles have had so much trouble defending. Yeah, you know, it's it's been weird because I, I, I think, you know, Josh Allen's been a really good short to intermediate passer, but the deep stuff just hasn't been there. And John Brown's still producing. I mean, he's on pace for 88 catches for 1,300 yards, which is yeah. – we haven't seen anything like that in Buffalo in a long time. But <laughs> what's funny is you think about the meat that's been left on the bone just because – him and Josh Allen have not been able to hook up on the vertical stuff, and Josh Allen re- really isn't hitting anyone vertically. Sometimes he will hit some of the more horizontal vertical routes where it's yeah. long drag or something across the field, but you know, go routes and just where he's got to hit somebody run streaking vertically, it's it's often not catchable. I mean, DeAndre Roberts' throw from last week stands out. I mean, John Brown's had a few of those. It's been everybody. I mean, John Brown's been closer on some where it's been within a couple steps, but you know, still not a realistic opportunity for a guy that runs 4-3 who's been one of the most proven vertical threats in the league so that's the thing is you look at this Philly defense and I mean your listeners know how much they struggle remaining in phase and carrying routes vertically and how much help they don't have over top and you say that well the recipe to put up points on Philly is is taking advantage of that well Josh Allen has yet to really prove able to do that this year and I thought if it was going to happen Mike it was going to happen last week against Miami and they took a couple shots and didn't get it so I don't I don't know if it's something that (laughs) it won't come together I mean certainly Josh Allen has the arm talent there's the speed there's the guys that can do it you know Robert Foster's been really funny this year everybody remembers some of the the late game the late season heroics he had last year with some vertical stuff man he's not even part of the mix he was active for like three games and was targeted like one play And, and and so He's healthy. He hasn't been on the injury report this week. I don't know if we get a Robert Foster breakout game, a guy that Josh has been comfortable throwing deep to, but for whatever reason, he's not been able to get on the same page with the current cast of characters. Yeah, it's funny with Foster in the offseason, everybody was hyping him up, and as the training camp reports came out, everyone was like, okay, well, I guess he's not the guy. (laughs) It's going to be some other guy. So hopefully it's not the the Robert Foster breakout game, and hopefully the Eagles can get lucky in that regard with some – with some missed balls from Josh Allen. When we come back, we're going to flip sides. We're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. That's up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back here on Eye on the Enemy. Michael Kist here with Joe Marino. We are breaking down this Eagles-Bills matchup. We already talked about the Bills offense. Let's talk about their defense. Let's start with the defensive line. 
where Jordan Phillips had a breakout game last week. Uh, you've also got rookie first round selection Ed Oliver coming on. Overall, how do you feel about this defensive line, how they've been performing and how they stack up against the Eagles? Yeah, you know, the, the Bills are going to rotate a lot in their defensive line. So you're going to see a lot of different bodies. And there'll be times where it might be a long and late down. You're wondering where, where Ed Oliver is, but that's just because the Bills are so rotation heavy up front. I think they play well. You know, they're, they're, they're really good in their run fits. They're pretty disciplined in their pass rush. They're pretty good at creating pressure. They're not necessarily very good at finishing behind the line of scrimmage. And so mm. I think that's that's something that, you know, Carson Wentz obviously very good in terms of avoiding pressure and, and extending plays and getting out of situations where you feel like he's dead to rights. And, you know, the Bills had some issues getting Ryan Fitzpatrick down last week. So you like to think that's probably going to be a, a point of emphasis for them this week and, and you know, certainly the, the challenges that Carson presents. But it's a good group. It's deep. They play a lot of guys. They play well as a team. You know, Sean McDermott preaches everyone's got to be 111th, and you'll see that at times. There's not a whole lot of freelancing, a very disciplined scheme, gap-driven team. We're still kind of looking for some of those explosive finishes behind the line of scrimmage from this unit. It's been said now that Matt Milano, Matt Milano, excuse me, the linebacker, is going to be a game-time decision. I'm a big Milano guy, and I think his absence would really hurt the Bills against the Eagles, who love to go 12 personnel. They had success with 21 personnel last week as well, at least for the 28-yard touchdown to Goddard. We saw when the Eagles went heavy what it did to the Green Bay Packers, only went with one linebacker on the field. That really was a big boost for the run game. How much would him being out impact how you feel about the defense stacking up against the Eagles' tight ends in the passing game and in the run game as well? It's big, Mike. This is big. If you're an Eagles fan, you don't want to see Matt Milano playing on Sunday. He's a he's a difference maker for this team. And and really the the challenge is that his primary backup, Corey Thompson, is also hurt. He had ankle surgery a couple couple and not a couple, I think after week two. And yeah. you know, he's been limited in practice. And so it's not a good time when you're, you know, your primary backup at all three positions and your starter is out and you know, then they start relying on Maurice Alexander, who didn't fare well last week against Miami's filling in for Matt Milano. You know, Lorenzo Alexander is a name I think most people know, but, you know, his best work comes when he's playing down in the line of scrimmage and not having to play in space. And so, yeah, we get real nervous thinking about Dallas Godert and Zach Ertz being 1v1 with anybody that's not Matt Milano, to be quite honest with you. So the Bills might have to get creative with with how they deal with that if Milano's not able to go. I will say this, the Bills and, and Sean McDermott is super tight-lipped, keeps everything close to the vest on injuries. I mean, media asks him all week long about injury updates and it's always the same stuff. Oh, you know, we're gathering information. We've got to see how it goes. You know, we'll, we'll know more as the week goes on. And then he just kind of passes the buck until the uh, the official injury report come out for the game. So, yeah. you know, I think I put on Twitter that if uh, if God gave Matt Milano a brand new body on Monday and a clean bill of health, we could still learn nothing from Sean McDermott's <laughs> answers. So, uh, I mean, he got injured before the bye. It's a hamstring. He sat out last week. He's been limited for, you know, two weeks in practice now. The Bills are super cautious with soft tissue injuries. I think there's a chance he plays. Some of the video that we've been able to see from practice shows that he's moving well, but Mm. that's been the case with Devin Singletary, who also had a hamstring injury. So I don't know if he's going to play, but I think he's one of those X factors that really shifts the way I think the game can go, whether he's available or not. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. And it's it's funny with, with Doug Peterson, too, when he's talking about injuries, there's week to week and there's day to day. And depending on the tone, it could be 10 different things. So you got to yeah. get your decoder ring out for it. So that's interesting. <laughs> and talking about the, the corners in this game and some of the passing game matchups, some of my thoughts after the game against the Dolphins were don't throw it, Trey White, throw it, Levi Wallace. Am I correct in that? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, you saw the worst game Levi Wallace has ever played. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, you know, everyone's a little nervous. Like, oh, Levi Wallace, can he play? And, you know, he got big boy, man. He did. He got stacked by Devontae or uh, by Preston Williams, an undrafted free agent, physical receiver. And, you know, he didn't have uh, much success against Devontae Parker either. I mean, he, this is the worst game he's ever played. And the thing is, it's not been a problem for him yet. I think he started like seven games last year, the first, mm. you know, five this year. And we were not concerned at all about Levi Wallace. So I think there's a good enough resume to not be concerned, but he's got to bounce back and play against, you know, potentially a physical receiver in Alshon Jeffrey at times. And we saw what happens when Trey White gets picked on. And so you got to give (laughs) Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, a lot of credit because what he started to do to get the get the situ- the opportunities that Fitz was going to take on Levi Wallace and shift his eyes elsewhere. He did some some inverted coverages that really forced the quarterback to shift his eyes elsewhere, and that's where you saw Trey White be able to take advantage of a couple different opportunities. But Levi Wallace needs to have a bounce-back game. We're a little bit concerned because he had his first bad game. Uh, but if he doesn't you know, step up, I mean, the Bills do have Kevin Johnson, who's a former first-round pick by the, the Texans that has played well when he's been asked upon this year. And maybe it could be a situation where Saran Neal gets some chances if they're going to you know, get matchup heavy. And you know, he's a guy that can handle more physical players. He has experience playing like a linebacker in college yeah. and stuff. Yep. Uh, so that could be a guy that may be an X factor if, if things are continuing to go south for Levi Wallace. Saran Neal, the old senior bowl guy, right? That's yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, he played like corner safety, linebacker, yeah. slot, I mean, everything. And um, he's he's kind of a hybrid player for the Bills, focusing mostly on corner this year. But I remember being at joint practices with Carolina Panthers and Buffalo Bills, and he did a lot of 1v1 stuff against Greg Holson, and I thought he played well in those situations. So the Bills have played the matchups a little bit, which is not something they've been able to do because they haven't had the depth. But between Kevin Johnson, I mean, even Dean Marlowe is safety, Saran Neal, uh, Taron Johnson, their primary slot, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll get the guys that they need to uh, if it comes to it. Yeah, definitely, and they can they can do any mix and mash combination to to match up with those tight ends as well. As long as you take care of the running game, you're good to go in that aspect. Okay, yeah. let's go with uh, your final prediction for this game. How do you think this goes down? I know the Bills are one and a half point favorites, which is called yeah. straight up. Who went straight up in this one? On uh, my podcast, my Bills podcast, Locked On Bills, I I do five predictions at the end of every week on Friday. And this was probably the most challenging week for me to come up with the prediction because I think there are some, you know, some some belief that the Bills need to have a resume win. And look, I I don't I don't mean this in the wrong way, but I don't. I mean, would a would a win over a three and four football team <laughs> team at home be a resume win? But I think the perception of Philadelphia is different, right? Like it's right. it's a team that people. I think if you beat Philadelphia, you probably think that's a quality win. The Bills did play the Patriots really tough. You know, they they turned the ball over four times, had a block punt. For a touchdown, they didn't have their starting quarterback in the fourth quarter and lost by six and had multiple chances to win the game in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And so this is a Bills team that is is coming out of the bye last week, had their tune-up game against Miami, and and they have an important game against Philadelphia. You have a Philadelphia team that this is their third in a row on the road, right? They come back home with the Bears next week and then their bye week, and there's a lot of mixed messages coming out of that locker room, different things you're hearing from Jason Kelsey, and Doug Peterson certainly has a – uh, an aura about him right now. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, all right, well, what's the X factor in this game? What 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 is the X factor? Well, obviously, we talked about a lot of scheme stuff and how Josh Allen needs to hit throws deep and all these different types of things. The Bills have matchup problems that they have to deal with uh, with the Eagles offense. But what is the X factor? And I kept going back to Sean McDermott. And I think that this is a, this is one of those games, whether it was whenever the Bills were playing Tennessee after the Patriots loss is a game going into the bye where I said, 
The Bills have to have this game. They cannot go into the bye losing two in a row and have to deal with with that type of mentality. Yeah. And I just feel like he's that he gives me belief every week that the Bills won't be out coached, they won't be out prepared, they out, won't be out schemed. This is a Bills team that is looking for a statement win. They're at home. They're favored. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. We have none of that confidence on this side in Philadelphia for for a lot of those reasons that you just pointed out. So I like that that X factor angle that you took with it. I mean, I think I'm picking the Bills in this one too. So hopefully I'm wrong. But either way, Joe, this has been an absolute pleasure. I always love talking with you. Of course, we're going to reconnect during draft time, and I'll have you on here to talk about some draft prospects. I'll see you in Mobile and all that good stuff. But in the meantime, would you let the gentle listeners know where they can find you on social media, where they can find all of your excellent work? Daily podcast for the draft, daily podcast for the Bills, <laughs> written work at draftnetwork.com. A lot of stuff going on. You can keep track of it all on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Always a pleasure talking with you, Mike. I appreciate the work that you guys do. Thanks, Mike. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 